Hi, and welcome to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus. I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. This season, we're tackling common teacher challenges that you face every day in the classroom, from dealing with parents to feeling discouraged to managing homework and everything in between. Today, we're talking about a common issue so many of us have faced, and that is, what do you do when you're struggling with classroom management? When you've got a class that's uh, maybe not out of control, but uh, not so as controlled as you'd like them to be. And we're going to talk through um, some 10 changes that you can make right now uh, that will make a difference both for this year and for next. And I wanted to kind of start by sharing an experience I experienced a lot, um, way too many times uh, when I was teaching. You know, it would be the start of class and the bell would ring. Actually, my first year teaching, we didn't have bells, which made it even way worse. But regardless, class was supposed to start and it was just chaos. Kids are talking, they're wandering around the room, and I just, no one is paying attention. I remember raising my voice. No one's listening. I try flicking the lights. I mean, that never works. I I try waiting, giving them the evil eye, praying that somehow they will just please stop talking. Um, And then finally, you know, finally, the, the class mercifully is starting to settle down. And just when you're about ready to actually move on. Uh, Here come two kids running into the room. They're late again, and boom, the whole class is back out of control. Uh, This sounds familiar at all to you. Like I said, this happened to me all the time, so no, you are not alone. Um, However, this is not, just because this is how your classroom looks right now does not mean it has to stay this way. You can have a controlled, effective classroom, one where your students are learning and you're actually enjoying teaching them. But if you're listening to this podcast when it's released, which is in March, you might be thinking, isn't it too late? I mean, isn't it too far into the school year to make any real changes? Shouldn't I just kind of like just make it through this year and try again next year? Well, that's a common thought, one I've heard many people say, but it would also be a very big mistake. Here's the thing. Yes, changing things this late in the year is hard. And chances are, though, that you will see results for your effort. So you will see improvement. But even though you will see improvement, your class probably isn't going to get to where you want them to be by the end of this year. But that does not mean you should just throw up your hands and wait till next year. Aside from the fact that this year still counts, here's the real thing too. The first week of school next year is going to be a golden opportunity to start the year off right. If you set the right tone that first week of school, you'll be amazed at how much easier it is not only to control your class, but to engage them as well. But think ahead to that first week of school come next year. Are you com- are you going to be confident and prepared? Are you going to know how to handle different issues? Are you going to be able to deal with them? Um, if you want to be confident and prepared that first week of school, now is the time to make some changes. You need these remaining weeks or months left in the year to try out some new classroom management techniques, to practice being consistent with your students, and 
maybe most importantly, to build your confidence that you actually can do this. If you make these changes now, as I said, your student's behavior should improve. But what's even more important is that your skills of classroom management will improve along with your confidence. And next year, when you're starting out day one, prepared and confident and ready, you will be so glad you put in this effort, extra effort at the end of the school year rather than waiting and somehow hoping everything is better come next year. And if you make all 10 of these changes, you might also just be amazed at how much better the rest of the school year goes as well. So let's dive in. 10 classroom management changes to make right now in order to have a controlled, effective classroom. All right, change number one is to have a plan. If you're going to control your classroom, you absolutely have to have a plan for everything. And yes, I do mean everything. All right, we know that there's no way to plan for literally everything because there's always something the kids will come up with that is totally out of left field and we could have never imagined. But as much as is humanly possible, we need to plan, plan, and plan some more. Um, I was rec- I should have done this before I started teaching. Someone recommended it to me and I just, I either never got around to it or I think honestly I didn't know what to put on the plan, so I just didn't do it. Um, but that was a big mistake. And this could have saved me so much trouble. And it will save you so much trouble if you do this too. It will take a little bit of time, but it will be well worth it. So set aside some time and start writing down what you're going to do for different scenarios. What am I going to do when a student walks in late? What am I going to say when a student's being disrespectful? What about when students are talking? I'm actually writing down a plan so I know what I'm going to do ahead of time. Because here's the thing, you've probably seen this. If you don't have a plan, uh, you're not going to know what to do in that moment. And the kids see that and they pounce. They totally take advantage of that. Now, you might be thinking right now, uh, I don't know what to do, though. Like like I said, that's that's the reason I don't have a plan. Um, Like I said, I have been there. Here's a few suggestions um, for how to get started with your plan. Tip one is, Almost any plan is better than no plan. So please don't get stuck waiting for the absolute perfect solution. If you have an idea, start there and see how it goes. That's why we're taking the end of this year to experiment. If it doesn't work well, you can come up with a new plan. Secondly, though, and even better yet, get some advice. Find a veteran teacher at your school that seems to have it together. Or you can also ask in our Facebook discussion group which I'll link to in the show notes on the blog post for this episode at teachfortheheart.com slash 10 changes. Finally, if you're looking for help specifically with how to stop chatter and blurting, how to get students' attention, things like that, we're going to be talking about some specific plans that you can put into place in our upcoming free live training event. We have one coming up um, next Monday night, and you can register for free at teachfortheheart.com slash training. That's teachfortheheart.com slash training. And we will talk about some specific plans that you can just copy and use or adapt for your situation. All right, so tip number one, have a plan. Change number two you wanna make, deal with problems while they are small. When I first started teaching, I let the little things go because I didn't want to come down too hard on kids for quote-unquote small things like talking when I was teaching or forgetting their supplies. But here's what happened. This is just human nature. Since I didn't address the small issues, the students started to think 
that it didn't matter and they could do whatever they wanted. And so guess what they started doing? Whatever they wanted. And soon my little problems became big problems. And I found myself with an out of control class. So if you're there right now, the change you need to make is start dealing with problems while they're small. This does not mean that you hand out a punishment for every minor infraction, but it does mean that you at least address it and you address it every single time. A very quick, Olivia, remember to sharpen your pencil before class starts, or Charlie, uh, we're not talking right now, I'm teaching, shows that you're paying attention and you expect students to follow the class procedures. Now you might be thinking, um, Linda, like it is the middle of the year, it's the end of the year, and if I addressed every single problem, I would literally be addressing like a hundred things each minute. It's just, it's just, there's so much going on. I totally understand. And that's why I recommend starting with a classroom shakeup. I don't have time to explain it here because we have way more to get into, um, but I linked to an article about it in the blog post at teachfortheheart.com slash 10 changes. I'm also going to be explaining the classroom shakeup in detail once again at that free live training at teachfortheheart.com slash training. So you definitely don't want to miss that. Um, and basically, though, a classroom shakeup is a way to reset in the middle of the year so that you can then um, kind of start dealing with things that they're small. It's a, it's a nice way to reset. And it's very, very good practice for the start of next school year. So I hope you can join us in the free training at teachfortheheart.com slash training. The third change you want to make is to be both kind and firm. Here's the thing. Some teachers um, go to different extremes in their demeanor. Some figure they have to be mean in order to have an orderly classroom, but they really lose impact when they do that. Others think, oh, I don't want to be mean, so I just got to be kind. Uh, but as a result, they become a pushover. You have got to be both, both kind and firm. You confront problems, you address students, but you do so with kindness and respect. You show them you mean business and will follow through but you're not rude or mean at all in the process. Once again, we'll be talking about this in more detail, showing you exactly how to have the right demeanor in the live training, teachfortheheart.com slash training. So the changes so far, number one, put together a plan. Number two, start dealing with problems while they're small. Step three, or change number three, be both kind and firm. Change number four, have consequences. Here's the thing. Positive motivation is super popular and very valuable, but it's not enough. Rewards can be part of your classroom, especially if they're intrinsic rewards, but they must also be coupled with consequences. Now, I don't want to go into too much detail here. If you want to read more about this, I link to a post um, called Why Classrooms Need Consequences, where I kind of make that argument. You can find that in the post, once again, at teachfortheheart.com slash 10 changes, um, the number 10 and then the word changes. Um, but basically, the idea is that we want our classrooms to mimic life. And so in life, we have both rewards and consequences for our actions. And they're not, they're, sometimes they're spelled out. Sometimes we know, you know, if you're speeding, you might get a ticket. Sometimes they're more um, natural consequences. You know, if you act this way, people aren't going to be very happy with you. Um, so sometimes they're very clear. Sometimes they are just natural. And so the point, though, is we also have rewards in our life. When we do certain things, we get paid or we get, we, um, 
we get affection or whatever whatever is the case. So um, life has both consequences and rewards. And so there's no need in our classroom to artificially remove consequences. It doesn't make any sense. And it's typically not very effective either. Um, now, I know some of you are saying, my school does not allow consequences. Like, I'm just not allowed to do that. If that's the case, it's out of your hands. But here's the thing. You can actually, it can you can do the same thing as having consequences, but just call it something different. Like basically, instead of having consequences, you don't give a privilege, okay? So in other words, let's say you're going to give your whole class a certain privilege. They get to do something at the end of the class period or whatever it is. Come up with something that the whole class gets to do. Or actually, I take it back. It's not the whole class gets to do it. Everyone that meets this criteria gets this privilege. So everyone that... um was working well during class gets to do this. And so then by default, the students that aren't working well don't get to do that. So it's basically the same thing, um, but it's just worded more positively. So you can kind of try that workaround. All right, change number five, be consistent and follow through. I know this is way easier said than done. I wrote a whole article commiserating about how hard it is to be consistent. But you've got to do your best not to let your mood or your energy level affect how you deal with classroom issues. You've got to be as consistent as you possibly can uh, to show the students um, that you're going to follow through and so that they know what to expect. Um, Otherwise, the students quickly realize you're just spouting off empty threats and they stop taking you seriously. Now, like I said, I know it's hard to be consistent. So here's my two biggest tips for being consistent. First of all, you want to determine ahead of time what you're going to do and don't leave the decision for the moment. In other words, if you say, when you go back to number one with the plan, okay, when someone talks, this is what I'm going to do. Determine ahead of time, I'm doing this every time. It's not going to depend on how I feel or if they've talked before or if everyone else is talking. This is what I'm doing every single time. And so then when you're in the moment and it's happening, don't debate it with yourself. Just say, I already made this decision. I'm, I'm, I'm addressing it. Um, that can help. Secondly, inevitably, even as determined as you are, there's going to be a time where you fail to deal with it for one reason or the other. When that happens, the temptation is going to be to say, oh, I didn't say anything to Jesse, so now I can't say anything to Adam. And then I didn't say anything to Adam, so now I can't say anything to Claire. And now I've gone a whole class period without addressing this issue. Now I gotta start all over tomorrow. So don't let that happen. If you miss one, just say, oh man, I missed it, I messed up, it's okay. I'm gonna get the very next person that says it, I'm going to deal with it according to my plan. I'm not gonna get derailed. So if you if you're not, if you miss one time, if you if you get right back on track the next time, it's not gonna do all that much damage. You'll be fine. But if you let them compound, that's when you get in trouble. So change five was to be consistent and follow through. Change number six, work to build your confidence. All right, here's the thing. If you're not confident in your ability to manage your classroom and to keep order, students can sense that. You might as well be wearing a sign that says, feel free to misbehave. I won't do anything because I don't know what to do, okay? Now, listen, I dealt with this a whole lot my first year or two. I was really confident in my ability to teach math, but I was not at all confident in my ability to deal with discipline issues. I, I just had no experience. I had no desire to deal with it, and I was super unconfident. I tell this story all the time. I literally had to call my husband to like help me get up the courage to give someone my first attention. It was bad, okay? But 
once I started changing some things around, once I started making these exact same changes I'm talking with you about, and I started working, I started gaining the confidence that, okay, I can do this. I can manage my class. Um, I am able to 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 deal to be consistent and to deal with things. When I started gaining that confidence, everything changed, okay? And when um, that sign that says, feel free to misbehave, turns into, don't try it. It's not gonna work. And like I said, this is completely, um, it's completely intangible. Like you don't, it's not said, but students feel it. They can tell, especially the older students, the older your students are. Um, But anywhere, even upper elementary all on up, they can tell. And it will make a huge difference both for you and for them. So how do you build your confidence? Well, first of all, you go through the first steps I just said. If you have a plan, you're going to be more confident. If you practice being consistent, you're going to be more confident. If you work on these things for the next, for the remaining weeks and months left in the year, you're going to be more confident, especially come next fall. And you'll be amazed at the difference. Another thing you can do is practice your responses in front of a mirror or to a friend. Actually practice. What am I going to do when a student when a student's talking without permission? I'm going to practice what I'm going to say. I'm going to practice what I'm going to say when someone's being rude, when someone walks into class late. I'm going to practice my responses, and that will really build your confidence. So change number six, build your confidence. Change number seven, be organized and efficient. If you're going to have an orderly classroom, you have got to be organized, and you cannot waste a minute of your class time. Listen, even a two-minute lull in the middle of class is an open invitation for students to start wreaking havoc in your room. They're going to get disruptive. They're going to be talking. They're going to get out of control. You have got to keep them so busy that they don't have time to get into mischief, okay? Um, But seriously, those lulls are a big problem. I've seen this so many times when I'm observing teachers where they'll just – well, for example, like they'll pass out papers. They won't say anything while they pass out papers. It'll take them two minutes to pass out the papers and the students are just supposed to sit there quietly and listen. That is asking them to misbehave because they're bored. They're just waiting for a paper. So talk, give instructions while you pass out papers. If you need to go dig something out of your desk, give them an assignment first and then dig it out. Or keep teaching while you dig it out. Don't let there ever be laws where nothing's happening. Um, Always give them something to do. Always keep them engaged. Otherwise, like I said, you're asking for trouble. Um, Along with that, be interesting. Uh, You don't have to have crazy activities to make your subject come alive. Just be passionate about it and let that excitement shine through. Um, So many discipline problems happen when kids are bored. So don't let them get bored in your class. And if you want more help with preventing problems, I link to an article, um, once again, in the blog post at teachfortheheart.com slash 10 changes that has more ideas on how to prevent problems. Change number eight, have the right motive. We have to discipline for the right reasons. We can't discipline because I want an orderly class, I don't want to go crazy, or I need to be able to teach the kids. Did you see that emphasis on me or I? We have to instead discipline for the sake of the students so that they will have a safe learning environment, so that they will learn, so that they can learn to be responsible and organized. Did you see the difference? When the focus is on what's really important, the good of the students, we're going to make better decisions about discipline and classroom management. 
Angela Watson at the Cornerstone for Teachers has written a great post of, that goes along the same lines called Why Discipline is Different Than Punishment. And I link to it once again in the blog post at teachfortheheart.com slash 10 changes. Change number nine is make sure you're showing the kids you care. And to be, most of, most of you probably are trying to do this, but be intentional about it. Our students have to know we care about them. When they see that we care enough to love and discipline them, they'll respect us and they'll tend to behave better in our classroom. More importantly, when they know we care, they start to open up and they give us the opportunity to truly impact their lives. It can be especially helpful with a difficult student to simply talk to them a minute or two a day um, about their own life, something that's totally unrelated to school even, can really help build a rapport with your most troublesome students. And we'll talk more about this strategy once again um, in our free training at teachfortheheart.com slash training. Uh, Finally, the final change is don't try to do this on your own or in your own strength. You have to pray and rely on God. God is there to help in everything, and he certainly can and will help you develop an effective classroom. But it can't be you trying to do it on your own, and it can't even be you trying to do it just uh, with tacking God on the end to help. You have to rely on him, pray constantly, and trust him to work through you. Now, this sounds strange and you don't have a relationship with God. I encourage you to find out more because he is seriously the greatest source of help and strength you could ever have. And I link to an article where I share more of my story and how you can have a relationship with God. Once again, at teachfortheheart.com slash 10 changes. But for those of us that even know God and um, do have a relationship with him, too often we try to do teaching on our own and we don't depend on him. And so if that's been the case, that's definitely something to change starting right now. And speaking of prayer, um, let's let's pause and pray before we finish up with a few final thoughts. Thank you, Lord, for these teachers and the fact that they want to be better. They want to serve their students and have an effective classroom. I pray that you will give them wisdom and guidance. Show them what changes they need to make. Help them to depend on you for their strength and their joy. And I pray that you will do a great work in each of their classrooms. In your name I pray. Amen. So the 10 keys to an effective classroom, 10 changes you want to make right now. Have a plan, deal with problems while they're small, be kind but firm, have consequences, be consistent, build your confidence, be organized, have the right motive, show the kids you care, especially the most difficult ones, and pray and rely on God. If you make these changes, they will certainly get you on the right path. But there is so much more to discuss. If you're having trouble controlling your classroom, I hope you will join our free training. We'll be sharing a simple five-step plan to regain control of your classroom. Yes, even this late in the year. Um, It's called Classroom Management Solutions, and you can sign up for free at teachfortheheart.com slash training. Uh, This training is going to be on Monday night, March 27th. So if you're listening to it before that, I hope that you can join us. If for some reason um, you've missed that live training um, and it's too late, uh, this is past the date, um, you 
I only do the live training a few times a year, so you can go there still and sign up to be notified about the next one. But the next best thing is um, I have a classroom management mini course that does teach some of the same things and will still be a really big help for you. And that's at teachfortheheart.com slash mini course. So if you can attend live, it's teachfortheheart.com slash training. If you can't attend live, if it's too late, hope you'll join us at teachfortheheart.com slash mini course. And if you're an administrator looking for help for your teachers, uh, I want to let you know, and teaches for teachers as well, I also have a complete online course that really walks you through the entire system of classroom management. It helps you learn, it helps you develop and implement a strong classroom management plan, and it walks you through every single step. It's way more even than we can talk about in a single online training or in a single mini course. And you can find out all the details about that at teachfortheheart.com slash CM101 for Classroom Management 101. And all of these links for everything that I've been talking about, you can find at teachfortheheart.com slash 10 changes, the number 10 and the word changes. Thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. If you're listening to this right now on the website, I want to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. That way you'll get all of the new episodes downloaded right to your phone so you can listen on the go at your convenience instead of being stuck at your computer. So I hope you'll check that out. You can find out how to do that at teachfortheheart.com slash podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Hope to see you at the live training or at least in the mini course. Um, Have a great week and keep learning, keep striving. You really are making a difference.